You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject you're about to hear from is Miles Dimitri Baker from the outfit Rings of Satin. The reason for the conversation is to promote their 2017 album, Ultu Allah. So let's hear what he has to say. Here we go. So first up, as I've already mentioned prior to the podcast kicking off, congratulations on the new record, record Ultu Allah. There's a heck of a lot going on here. There is brutal deathcore breakdowns, flamenco-inspired guitar playing, and what sounds to me like a guitar mimicking an accordion, bringing to mind traditional Croatian music. But in your own words, mate, how would you describe the album? Um, I think this album is very dynamic as far as a Rings of Saturn album goes. Um, Having the sound of the band being the way it is and the way it's been um, branded over the course of the past three albums, it's uh, it's really broken through, I believe, with this record, and we've gone far more into a tonal realm of music. You know, Rings has always been a pretty atonal band for the most part. You know, my writing style and you know classical background. You know, a lot of a lot of my writing is of the tonal style. So I think blending the two together, we've achieved a record that is not only you know very much Rings of Saturn, but it also opens up you know new fans who are more into like the tonal sounding music um to get into the band so i think it's a very good gateway bringing the band into a more accessible form while maintaining the old style and keeping the old fans happy yeah that's a good point and is there a theme for the album at all um like a lyrical theme yeah musically musically or lyrically and musically i suppose so there's two parts to that question um I wouldn't say there's a reoccurring theme going throughout the music the entire time. I would say there's uh, things I do and, you know, we do throughout the record in each song that could be thematic, so to speak. However, through the uh, lyrical content, I am not very much following that. I am very much about the music, but there is a timeline and a story that I could try to iterate as best as I can. The past three albums were aliens taking over you know earth or this or conquering space but this album's about um aliens are supposed to have been conquering time i believe is what it is and the album's uh-huh. called time gotcha. or I'll translate it but i am i'm not going to be able to give a very good answer on that so no, that's yeah. a good that's a great that's a very complex theme you've got there so rather than conquering space they've conquered time and so they're able to bend time or warp time if you like and travel interdimensionally is that potentially what yeah. the theme might be yeah, that that's a that's a good way to put it. Ian would have a more in depth answer to that. Okay, cool. And mate, the album artwork—it's very trippy. I like it. It'll look great on t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Mark Cooper does a uh, good job. Very detailed, very big. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, sweet. Now I'm going to give you a, a very big compliment now and congratulate you personally on your four-dimensional approach to offering fans content. So, for those listening, Miles has posted reams of high-quality videos demonstrating your phenomenal eight-string guitar technique, the type of gear that you use in recording interfaces, uh, and also playthrough videos, which I'm a big fan of. Now, a bit of a rant here from me, but I simply don't understand why artists do not do more of what you have done, mate. So, I speak to so many talented metalcore and deathcore artists, and they really should be offering what you've done. So, again, I want to offer you a, a very sincere congratulations, and I'll ask for a comment from you about what your content sharing philosophy is yeah well thank you very much no one no one has quite said that to me and i appreciate that a lot thank you um no worries yeah i think um i think a big thing with you know i've always liked doing playthroughs i've always been a fan of those so that's always been something i wanted to do and um 
you know, having, like I mentioned before, having classical background, that, you know, obviously means I did a lot of studying in school and lessons. So I, when I'm home from tour, teach. So I think naturally it's, you know, one of those things where with a playthrough, it's an instructional thing. I like instructional things. I like seeing someone play something. I like learning how they play something. Um, so, you know, doing not only a playthrough, but like a full explanation of what's happening, you know, harmonically and structurally throughout a song is something that, you know, I teach in private lessons. And I figured, you know, with this album coming out, why not do that for one of the new songs? And yeah, it's just, it's just something I enjoy. I'm sure filming videos is a total pain and uh, very frustrating at times, <laughs> but the, the end product is quite rewarding. So yeah, that's just been something I'm into. And you're right. I think more people should do this because it does offer not only instruction for the fans, it offers more content for the fans to, you know, check out the same song. And it, you know, it just it provides like a bunch of different ways to promote something as well as, you know, making yourself more accessible to the fans because, you know, there's this huge mystery that people feel with, you know, these artists and stuff, which is cool. You know, it's part of the whole, you know, I'm in a band kind of thing, but it's really cool kind of stepping away from that and showing a bit more personality and, you know, person you know just like personal touch to it you know here's my gear here's what i use here's how yeah, i do sure. it you know? exactly it adds it adds a connection for the fans so i think it's a it's something i enjoy doing and i think the fans enjoy it as well so tell me about your relationship with Schecter guitars because i did watch a few of your videos um where you were doing some clinics for them oh yeah yeah one clinic but yeah hopefully multiple in the future that would be okay, that would cool. be nice um, yeah, I did the, the NAM demo. NAM's a music festival, not festival, music convention that happens every year here. And it happens to be like right down the street from me, which is really nice. So yeah, dude, it's literally <laughs> like five miles away. Not even. It's really cool. I li actually live off of the same street that that is uh, held on, which is funny. But anyways, um, yeah, my relationship started with them. I was looking for a left-handed eight string and Schechter offers almost all of their guitars in a left-handed version. Wow. And I tried this. Yeah, yeah. Not many companies do that. Being a left-handed guitar player sucks. So, <laughs> um, you know, finding this guitar, you know, the Banshee series and the Banshee Elites, which are what I play, it it was great, man. They have a super sick neck. It's really thin. I'm not a fan of really bulky necks, and they they just sound nice, stainless steel frets. So it was something I was very interested in. So we yes. kicked off relationship, and um, I've been with them for almost two years now, and. Yeah, they're a great company. Everyone's really cool there, and they're uh, you know there's one of those. Not only do they make a cool product, they're one of those just like power players in the industry. You know, they're Schecter guitars. They got Motley Crue. They've got you know Marilyn Manson. So yes, well they got John Five, I think too. Ever I might be talking out of school here, but I think John Five is an artist of theirs. But uh, but what what they strike. They strike me as a very progressive company that looks to innovate, and I think by a partnership through people such as your good self that can only be a bloody good thing. Yeah, yeah. They seem very open to doing things and trying new things. And they're also, you know, it's not like a suit and tie company. You know, there's some companies I've yes. worked with past that are very, you know, business. Here's this, here's that. Oh, that's not in the contract. Not going to do it, which, you know, obviously totally makes sense. But on the other hand, there's the whole networking friend who, you know, mutually beneficial. I'm going to go out of my way to help you. So you'll help me out kind of thing. And that's how it works, you know, and Schechter's very much, you know, flexible and open and helpful and wanting to make things, you know, happen. And they're willing to do things to make that happen. And hopefully at some point in the future, there might be, you know, a signature model. And I want to try something new and innovative, yes. like you said, you know, that would represent me as well as the company and, you know, make me look good and make them look good, you know, and I'd end up having a sick guitar in the end too. <laughs> so it'd be, you know, it's just, yeah, they're, they're very innovative and they do 
catch on with a lot of artists, and they do offer things for all styles of music as well. They're not like, you know, a lot of people think of them as, oh, they're a metal company. Sure, they have a lot of metal artists, but they also have some very nice guitars that aren't metal-oriented whatsoever. Yes, and you mentioned earlier that, you know, you, you do teach. What's the... Right. what's at the core of your philosophy with teaching, is it just play, 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 or practice, 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 or is there something else that you would offer to an aspiring guitarist who is listening that is probably struggling? Because let's face it, we all started at some point and it was bloody hard. Um, oh, yeah. But what would you say to someone who's starting out on the guitar? Um, I would say learn your scales and your modes and your chords built from those, because as boring as it seems, everything that you hear with a grain of salt is based off of those. Mm -hmm. All the new ring stuff, inadequate, you know, parallel shift, doesn't matter what it is. It's all explained with that in small variations of it. So even though it seems boring playing your triads and your key of C major, you should learn it because it turns into a lot of very cool things. And um, that that would be, if I had like a quick sentence to say to someone, that would be it. But if I expanded on that to someone who maybe been playing for a little longer, um, you know, when you practice, don't practice too hard. Don't hurt yourself. My wrists are thoroughly screwed up, and it sucks. Um, make sure right. you stretch. Yeah, make okay. sure you warm up. You know, you're going to hit roadblocks. Keep pushing through. Learn some theory. Learn some new songs. Learn what people do in their music. So and that's a big... How do you cope with a, an hour and a half long set, then, with your wrist? Do you use, like, we use Danker Rub here in Australia, which is like a heat rub. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't play sets that are an hour and a half long, so I couldn't tell you how I'd cope with that, probably roughly. Um, but yeah, I do, I do stretching. I try to stay off my phone, which seems silly, but using my thumbs does yeah. irritate it. I'm on my phone a lot. I try to not type a lot, and I type very fast without like stretching or warming up, so that probably contributes to it a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, man, just warm up on guitar. Don't go balls to the walls right away. That's That's how you hurt yourself. You know, it doesn't seem like it, or people are like, "Oh, stop being a wuss," or whatever. It's it's not, it's not funny. You're not a tough guy. You're not some badass for not warming up. You're an idiot. You know, you need to warm up because if you want to keep playing guitar and have fun and not hurt yourself, you got to take care of yourself. If you're do that. Yeah, I play I play bass, and I've played in covers bands for years, and and we play um, three or four song sets. You know, if we play a three song set, uh, three song gig, three three song three set gig. That will be three sets of one hour, and I can tell you at the end of that third set, my fingers, if it's not bleeding, it's very close to bleeding because I use my fingers. I do it. I'm a finger-style bass player. Um, nice. And I still have not been able to unlock that particular um, code yet where I've been able to get through an entire set without feeling like as though I've gone a couple of rounds with Mike Tyson. Huh, right? Yeah. yeah, it's it's tough, man, and it's it's unfortunate, but... What what is also interesting is bands like Rings of Saturn and bands who you know shred this hard, particularly with Rings. A lot of it, the older material at least, is not very fluid on your hands. It's not very um, it's not very much designed for someone to actually play. So yes. it wreaks a lot of havoc on your hands. And you look at you know people say Jeff Loomis. Sure, there's a lot of crazy stuff, but how long of a set does he play? You know, like sure he's an arch enemy, but that isn't you know the the good bulk of arch enemy stuff isn't like playing Rings of Saturn. And there's you know? there's two guitarists in that band too for him too to sort of fall back onto. I suppose you know is one way of looking at it. And both of those guys, if I'm not mistaken, can play each other's parts. I could be completely wrong there, but um, yeah, I suppose if someone's not having a good night, the other bloke can sort of step in potentially. Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, it's it's just tough. So I don't know if, you know, an hour and a half set of Rings-style music is something that's possible because the sad 
you know, truth about it is that this stuff is bad for your hands and people who mm. play look at Keith Richards, his hands are totally destroyed. He's playing, you know, really, really laid back stuff. Yes, yes, and people don't really are uh, unaware that that his style has changed over the years to accommodate his, his frail physicality, let's put it that way. Or, you know, yeah, I think definitely. he's on a five-string guitar now, honestly. So. Jesus, okay. Well, there you go. Well, well. Look, you've hit on something, or you've made a point about something that I would like to talk about, so feel free to say, nah, let's nix that and let's not talk about this. But some years back, you had to defend some accusations that the band recorded at what would amount to be half pace, and then you doubled the speed for the actual release. Now, from right. the trawling that I've done online, the fans don't actually seem to give a shit or care but there are, have been a few metal-themed publications that do like talking about it, no doubt due to the clickbait philosophy of anything that is controversial. So if I'm, not <laughs> right. mis- if I'm not mistaken, it's all died down now, but what was your take on that episode of the band's career? You know, I... So when that started, I was... I would just make a video. If someone said I couldn't play it, I would make a video. That was my big thing when I joined this band is I am a guitar player. I'm a good guitar player at that. I'm not the best, but I can play this stuff. No, you're bloody so, good, though. You can definitely play this out about that. Yeah, so. yeah. Maybe not perfectly, but, you know, it's it's pretty close. You know, we're, we're setting the bar pretty high here with some of this stuff. It's pretty pretty ridiculous. So, you know, I'd make a video of myself playing this, and it'd be like, screw you guys. You know, I can play this. But regarding the actual, you know, half-speed recording or note-for-note recording or, you know, however, every metal band, for the most part, pretty much every metal band in the tech metal scene does this. They do half-speed. They do note-for-note. They do, you know, very small sections. Periphery openly admitted to recording half-speed because it creates a better sound. And, yeah, I'm not saying one way or the other, but rings just gets you know blasted for it harder and you know yeah yeah every everyone does stuff like that and doesn't matter that we can play it live that's that's the question that's that's what the ultimate yeah. question is who cares how we record it you know and you know i don't care how other people record stuff can they play it can i see a video of them playing it can i go live and see them play it cool because even like you know with my other band interloper there's some things that i'm going to probably track on the full length that's going to be coming up that I'm going to break into sections because I can play it perfectly, but you don't get the same sound as if I cut it into a couple different parts. Things cut through better. It's weird. It just, yeah, it just cool. sounds you get a better product at the end. You know. Look, I felt the same way that I think you just mentioned it then, um, but if you could play it live, why wouldn't you be able to play it on the rec- record? You know, I know that we use um, you know, uh, Logic and uh, Pro Tools and all this sort of stuff these days, so you can virtually record bits and pieces of a song at any given time, but you're still recording it. You end up, yeah, you end up getting a different clarity. I, I highly suggest, um, like, in your DAW, there's usually, like, if you record a part and then you right-click it, there's usually, like, source properties, if, and you can adjust the playback rate. Um, I would try it, man. It's, it's interesting. It's really weird, and I was, like, shocked when I first started hearing about this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, then I messed around and tried it. I've recorded things note for note. I've recorded things half speed. I've recorded things normal. I've recorded things in chunks. I've done it all four ways that I know of to record. Yeah. And, you know, I always aim for recording everything real because I like that sound. I like that, you know, raw sound and that feeling of getting a sick take where you're like, yes, you know, I tried this 400 times and I finally got it. You know, <laughs> like that's, that's fun. That's enjoyable. But, you know, you do get a clarity that is unparalleled with, you know, note for note recordings, which sound very fake half speed which can sound very fake and then you know picking things up into chunks so it just depends and when you have you know several different instruments playing if you zoom in on the grid it's not on the it's not on the grid 
So, you know, you get that happening with four different parts and things start to sound sloppy very quickly. Even if you're a great player, it's, yeah. it's bizarre, man. So I, I definitely suggest giving it a shot. It's You'll be probably jaw will drop. It's like, how does this sound fine? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, there's so many more questions I want to ask you, but I've got to ask you uh, the final question. Now, it is split into three parts. Um, okay. And uh, look, feel free to answer these questions uh in any way, shape, or form you like, because I do host an R-rated program, is what I'm saying. You can be as not safe for work as you like. So here's the first question. Miles, okay. describe yourself in three words. Um, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Um, <laughs> can you ask me a different one first, and I'll think about that one while I answer the other ones? All right. Or does it have to go in this order? No, that's all right. No, no, no particular order. I'll go to the next question, which is, if you could go back to when you're 18 and give yourself some advice, what do you think you'd say? Fuck. <laughs> Don't break up with your girlfriend. Um, no. <laughs> um, I would say stretch more. Stretch yeah. your wrist out more. Don't play as hard. Thought it might have been something to do with your hands. Yeah, there you go. Yep, radio. All right, the next question is, what five guests, living or dead, from any time in history would you invite to dinner? Wow. Do they somehow have the ability to speak English? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you can all converse okay. with each other. No dramas there. Good. Okay. Um, Bach? Yep. And then... Wow. Wow, 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 wow. I'm horrible. I'm I'm the worst person to interview ever. Um, <laughs> hey, you've been all right. It's been good, Jeez, man. Maybe if I okay, well, I just have to go. I could I could come up with a better answer if I had time, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna spitball here. Bach, um, Kurt Cobain. Yep. I'll bring back. Um, this sounds horrible and not for any particular reason, but it would be interesting to talk to Adolf Hitler. Um, mm -hmm. Horrible person, but it would still be interesting yeah, nonetheless. Inter very interesting um, dinner guest. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, extremely, extremely interesting. Um, maybe Abraham Lincoln? Cool. I don't know. I've had that a few and, times, actually, yep. Yeah, and uh, man. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Man. That's a really hard question. It's extremely hard. I'll come along. There you go. I'll make it easy for you. Maybe, maybe <laughs> then it would be uh... – man, I suck. Well, I, could, I actually – Robin Williams. Let's just say that. Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I read in one of the forums that you were a fan of L. Ron Hubbard, so I thought you I, – I, on the premise that it was you that was responding to people on one of the websites that you might have invited uh, – that you liked L. Ron Hubbard, so I thought he might have been a guest that you might have invited, but – Anyway, I don't think that was me who said that because I don't even know who that is. Oh, then don't, I, I think somebody's pretending to be you on. I'll, I'll message you actually through Skype and I'll do the screenshots. Um, yeah, just please so do because yeah, I don't even know who that who that guy is. Because I read uh, I read some of the stuff and I thought I don't know why an artist would be on a forum responding to fan questions because that doesn't happen. So yeah, yeah. No, not really. I'll um, um I'll send you the screenshots after the fact, mate. So as they okay, yeah, please do. Sorry, that was such a shitty answer. I don't know. I could, if I had time to think about it, I could probably come up with some <laughs> really interesting five people. But on the spot, I suck. And then um, so back to the first question of this of this grouping of three. Um, three words to describe myself would probably be uh, 
guitar, mm-hmm. animals, mm-hmm. and fun. What was the last one there? Was it fun, was it? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, no, that all works, mate. And, uh, <laughs> mate, I better let you go to your next interview. You've been a pleasure. I love having a chat to blokes like yourself who take the guitar so seriously. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Congratulations again on a wonderful record. I really hope fans out there, any fans of metalcore and deathcore, uh, give it a chance. And, uh, mate, I'd love to see you guys on tour with Australia's very own Aversions Crown. That'd be an Oh, yeah, we did Europe with them a while ago. So that was, oh, those guys, are, they were just in the States. They played right by my house. And I went and hung out with them for several hours. I was with them like all night. <laughs> well, yeah, they're really cool dudes. Birds of a feather flock together, as they say, mate. So both excellent bands, mate. Um, hope to see you guys down here in Australia sometime soon as well. I'd love to have a beer with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I hope to be there. Thank you very much for the interview. This was a, this is a very nice one. I appreciate it. Thanks, mate. No worries. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject you just heard from was Miles Dimitri Baker from the outfit Rings of Saturn. Thanks so much for listening.